good morning. We're on the uh, road to Emmaus this morning, which is uh, near the end of Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 35. So we're on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, that was the day that Jesus uh, had come to life, by the way. Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together, and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen. And has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way. And how Jesus was recognized by them. When he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Father we thank you for the amazing way in which your son Jesus Christ revealed himself. Not in great celebrity contexts, but in the ordinary things of life, in a garden, on the road, 
in somebody's home through ordinary breaking of bread. Lord, we thank you that you are present with us now in our ordinary life. May we glimpse something of your glory among us, we pray, and receive your gift to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. It was all downhill from then on. Literally downhill went the disciples for something like 10k. Not the sort of 10k run that uh, they would want to have done. They were so downcast. They were so down in spirit. They were so low, depressed. It was a long, long journey. I've travelled from Jerusalem to Emmaus and it is literally downhill all the way. And that's where they went. Though Jesus was walking among, along with them, they didn't know it. However, once their eyes were opened, the journey back was full of joy and excitement, uphill all the way. And their strength was renewed, fresh energy filled every fibre of their being, for Jesus had made himself known to them. Jesus was alive. And what a journey that was. It involved their total being, really, when you think about it. Their body, mind and spirit were all involved in this journey from despair to hope, from depression to joy. Their body was involved in the walking, in the running, at the end of a very traumatic day. Their mind was involved. They were arguing, they were discussing and what had happened, wrestling with questions around why Jesus was put to death and what were the things that these women were talking about. Then the stranger gave them this amazing RE lesson on the Old Testament, on the things that had happened that he brought home to them in a way that they hadn't really grasped before. What were they to make of what the scriptures said? their body, their mind involved, and also their spirit. We read in verse 30 that when he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. That's interesting, isn't it? That that phrase, were opened. Their eyes were opened. It's interesting to ask the question, how did they recognize him? Well, some commentators say that perhaps when Jesus lifted up the bread, they could see on his hands and his wrists the scars that were there in the hands of Jesus. Other commentators would want to say that maybe he broke the bread in a way that was particular to Jesus. When I celebrate communion, it's different from Paul's or from Chris's or from the bishop's, whatever. We all have different ways of doing it. Maybe Jesus had a unique way of breaking the bread. But that phrase, opened up, is so key. It helps us to see that what had been happening was that Jesus was all the way along opening up their hearts, opening up their eyes, enabling them to see inwardly, to see spiritually who this really was. And so these two participants on the Emmaus 
journey had been on an inner journey to match their outer one, a journey of body, mind and spirit. And if we reflect on our own journeys, wherever we are on that journey, we can recognise that there are things that we've done physically, things that we've been thinking about, and things that have happened deep within us, in our spirits, that have enabled us to come to the point where we are now. Many of you will recall, for example, times when you've physically been away from the normal routine. And the Lord has revealed himself to you in ways that have quite surprised you. He's opened up new opportunities for new life to flow. I remember Sean in the youth group that my wife and I led when, we were, when I was a curate in Gorsinan many, many, many years ago. And Sean used to sit on the stairs whilst we met in our small front room, standing back, being quite aloof to it all. He was very sceptical about Christian faith and was quite rebellious, perhaps because his father was the vicar. And uh, he wanted to question. He was also an intelligent guy and wanted to really get into the nitty-gritty of all the questions that he wanted to put to the Christian faith. However, some of his friends, one summer, invited him to go off to a place in France where they could go into dormitories, where they'd be with lots of other young people from different countries, different continents. And they'd be able to wrestle with some of the big questions of life and how the scriptures reflected on those things. And he went to that place, it was called Thézé, a Christian community of reconciliation in the south of France. And he discovered there an openness to God, the like of which he'd never discovered before. And in the worship, which was simple, which was repetitive, which was filled with candles, a lot of chanting, and it was just absolutely filled with God's presence. There was an encounter that he had that completely changed his life. He's now moved through his life battling with prostate cancer and now training for ordination. Bill and Sheila spoke of going to South Africa and the way in which what had happened there had made such an impact on them. Frank, at his baptism testimony, spoke of how going for the away day during the Alpha course enabled him to experience something different about God and his spirit. Johnny Dobson here on the projection. Soul survivor? That was a big movement, you know, a physically moving to Shepton Mallet and finding God in a new place. Many of our young people experience these things, going to India and the journeys there. Going away to places enables somehow God to work in other ways that doesn't often happen in the routine. So the physical act of doing things outside of our norm is a vital part of enabling us to be open to the potential that God has to change our lives. 
our openness of mind as well to explore big issues, to read the scriptures and to ask the questions, how does the Bible's word impact the things that we are confronted with every life? What it, how does the Bible help us in our parenting? How does it impinge on the way in which we treat our creation? The way in which we think about war, or going to war, or responding to the issues of chemical weapons. How do we wrestle with the whole issues of sexuality in our world, of pornography, the use of social media? All these things that we need to engage in with our minds are part and parcel of our journey. And to remember, as we think about those things, as the disciples used their minds to think about what was going on, that Jesus walked alongside them and they didn't recognize him. They didn't know that was happening. But nevertheless, it was true. And that's something to reflect on when we feel that God isn't there with us. The fact is that he's promised to be with us always. And on that journey, he's there, but we may not realize it. And then every so often, the Lord will take us by surprise. Do something in our hearts, in our emotions, in our spirits, even shock us as he seeks to transform us from within. I don't know if I've told you about a woman called... Wendy, who was a sheep farmer in mid-Wales, when I was up in my first incumbency, first vicar in a whole load of different parishes up there. She was sitting in one of my sermons. I can't remember what it was about. I can't remember very much what I preach about over the years. But it certainly wasn't on the resurrection. But halfway through, she I could see her sort of changing in her expression. And afterwards she came out and said, Joe, I believe in the resurrection. I said, well, I wasn't preaching about the resurrection. I know that something happened in my mind and my heart that I just know that Jesus is alive. And the change in her, in the, her passion to share that good news with others, in her capacity to get involved in the life of the church, to see her own life with sheep as something that God had called her to be involved in. It was a revelation. God had opened her mind and her hearts. And so as those disciples on the way back from Emmaus were completely transformed when Jesus broke the bread and they recognized him, their eyes were opened and they saw things in a completely new way. And so when we think about Phoebe and her baptism, we think about the journey she's already had and uh, the journey that she's all going to be on for however long she lives. And the fact that it's, there's a physical element to this, obviously the birth and the growing up and all the physical stages of development, discoveries on the way, but actually physically coming to church, and she's been coming to church for practically all her life, being part of here, and now coming to baptism, is something that, you know, is a physical act. We'll physically place a sign of the cross on your forehead, baby. And we'll physically pour water over your 
lovely hair will mess up your hairdo. These are physical signs of something that is happening inwardly. Baptism is a sacrament, a physical expression, an outward expression of an inward spiritual grace. They're all part of God's working in physical ways, but deep, equally in a spiritual way. As either you grow up, you start to think about all sorts of things, new discoveries on the way, so your mind will be challenged. It'll be shaped largely by your parents and godparents and those around you, in schools, the friends that you have. All those things will be part of the journey of life that will take you forward. And we pray that God would give you insights into what really matters in life, the values that you can live by. And God's word that will give to you a, a, a small Bible that is the foundation for seeking to find a way through all the complex issues that you'll face. But in the midst of all that, we pray, Phoebe, that your spirit, your inner life, will be touched by God and that he would give you a real sense of openness to all that he has for you and all that God wants to show you. Openness, one of our values, is such a key thing as we seek to go forward on this journey with the Lord. Openness to whatever God has, to the gifts that he seeks to offer us. Openness to one another. Openness to his spirit. Let me just conclude with one thing. Where Jesus spoke about openness to receiving him into our lives. This was words written to the church of Christians in Laodicea in the book of Revelation. And he spoke of himself as the one who is standing outside the closed door. Behold, he said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, hears my voice and opens the door, if there's an openness to listening to me and my word, if there's a willingness to open that door, then I will come in and I'll live with you, and I'll eat with you, and you will know that I am alive. Not just alive then, but alive now, with you and in you. I pray that when you, Phoebe, come to that place where you're ready to open your heart and know the reality of Jesus, he will reveal himself to you as the risen Christ, who is alive then, that is alive now and always will be. Amen.